Welcome to Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. Sharon has a passion for scripture that will motivate and challenge you to immerse yourself in God's word and apply his message to your everyday life. Visit SeekingTruth.net to learn more about bringing Seeking Truth to your parish or to become an online learner. Today, it's part one of the book of Ruth, chapters two through four. And now, Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. We are studying David in the Psalms. We're on the book of Ruth, and I've titled it From Barley to Wheat. Ruth is going to be gleaning until the end of the barley and the wheat harvest. That's several months from barley to wheat. Okay, God has two brides in the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament bride. Israel is a bride, and the Universal Catholic Church is a bride. And on that feast day, when God took the bride, it's the same, Shavuot, it's our Pentecost. There was fire, there were trembling, cloud, fear, shaking, wind, and God came down and spoke a word that all the nations could hear in both cases. Those who could hear God's word and obey it. Hear and obey is one word in Hebrew. To hear God's word is great, but you have to live God's word. You have to obey God's word. So to hear and obey is one word in Hebrew, okay? So it was those, God was talking, God was thundering, God was lightning, and those who could hear God's word and would obey it became his bride. Same thing today. You're here studying God's word, but that's not enough, right? We have to hear it and then obey it, do what it says. We want to know, we want to encounter Christ in his word. And so Israel stood at the base of Sinai and they said, all that the Lord has said we will do. And they said that before they even knew what he was going to say. Before the Torah had even been given to Moses, they said, all that the Lord has said we will do, we don't care. They saw how great he was in Egypt. They saw the 10 plagues. They said, oh, all that he says we'll do, we'll do, we'll do. We want to be your people. We want to be the one. So they're the one chosen to be the first bride. It's true in the New Testament as well. Jesus himself, remember when the woman in the crowd in Luke raises her voice and said, blessed is the womb who bore you. Blessed are the breasts that you sucked, Jesus. And Jesus said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Hear and obey. Jesus himself said it. James tells us the same thing. Be doers of the word. Obey it. Be doers of it. Obey it. Not just hearers. You deceive yourself. Don't just sit here and hear the word. Go do it. Obey it. Hear and obey. It's one thing. Well, that first bride, they couldn't do it. Why? They didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. They were just living by the flesh. They did not have a Holy Spirit yet, so they couldn't obey the law. They couldn't keep the law. They couldn't do it. And they grumbled. And they grumbled. Grumble, 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 grumble. And Jesus comes with a new law. He goes, I got a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. This is his main big thing all throughout the New Testament. Just love. You're my friends if, if, if you do what I command you. So we got to do it. We got to hear and obey. And he's asked us to love. How well do you love one another? So all that the Lord has said we will do, but now at that second wedding at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down to indwell us to help us love to help us obey that new command of love. We don't have to do it on our own anymore, just by our own flesh. We can call on the indwelling Holy Spirit 
spirit inside of us. And this was a theme all through Romans last year, that tug that Paul told us about between living by the flesh or living by the spirit, always at war, the flesh and the spirit, the flesh and the spirit, the flesh and the spirit. Remember that? And, and Paul told us that if we live by the spirit, we'll have life and peace. If we live by the flesh, that leads to death and destruction. So we have the Holy Spirit in us. And blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And we can, with the help of the Holy Spirit, if we choose to live by the spirit, not the flesh. So we have these two marriages. And both of them are about hearing God's word and obeying it. And then God gives us those gifts. He gave them the law. They tried to obey on their own. They couldn't. But he gave us the indwelling Holy Spirit. And God spoke a word that both nations could hear in both marriages. He's given us his word, but he's really given us that spirit. Now, so what's it mean to go from barley to wheat? It's the same as saying going from Passover to Pentecost, because they're both the feast days of the Jews. The original Passover with Moses giving the law on Sinai, that actually from the Passover where they marked their doors with the blood, 50 days later, God gave them the law from Passover to Pentecost, from barley to wheat. What's another word for Shavuot? Another word for this feast day is Pentecost, 50. That's the Greek because the Bible got translated into Greek before it got translated into Latin. Penti, 50 days. Pentecost, 50 days from barley to wheat, 50 days from Passover to Pentecost, same thing. But they also call it the Feast of Weeks. Have you ever heard of that? The Feast of Weeks, the Jews call it, because it's a harvest festival. It's a harvest feast. And there were three feasts where you were required to make a pilgrimage to the temple of the Lord. Three feasts. They are Passover, Feast of Weeks, or Pentecost, Shavuot, and Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles. Those three, any healthy male had to pilgrimage to where the temple was. The Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, is called Feast of Weeks because it's seven sevens. Seven sevens. There's seven days in a week times seven weeks is 49 plus one. On the next day, it would be Pentecost, Shavuot, from barley to wheat. The barley, there's seven species in the Holy Land seven species. Only two are grains, wheat and barley. Grain is vital. You know why grain is vital. We use it to this day because it makes what? Bread. Yeah. Okay. So from barley to wheat was, starts with barley. The barley's ripe first and then seven days of seven weeks and 49 days, the first fruit of the wheat. And so they called it the feast of weeks on the 50th day was the first fruit of the wheat. Okay, stay with me. There's a seven-year cycle for the Jews. On the seventh year, they'd let the land rest. But on the 50th year, which is the seventh year of seven years, 50, 49 plus one, it's what? Jubilee. It's a jubilee year. And on jubilee years, you're only going to get once a lifetime because it's once every 50 years. All the slaves are set free. All the land is given back to the original landowner. Jubilee year, all our debts are forgiven. Woohoo! Right? Because the land is mine, says the Lord in Leviticus 25. You are only temporary residents and settlers together with me. Okay, that's also seven sevens. Why is seven such a big deal in the Bible? In this Genesis 2, in one sentence, God uses seven 
three times, the highest emphasis. On the seventh day, God finished his work. God rested on the seventh day. God blessed the seventh day and God hallowed the seventh day. Why? Because God rested. His work of creating was done and now what is the time for? Rest. He tells Moses, my presence is gonna go with you and I'm gonna give you rest. And Jesus, the new Moses says, hey, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I'm gonna give you rest. You're gonna find rest for your souls in me. This is, a, this is an amazing type of rest. This is a rest, this is not like tape, taking a nap. This is a rest like the deepest shalom peace you've ever known in your life because it's perfect union with God rest. It's communion with the Trinity rest. And I would just say my mom is ready for this type of rest. She had the anointing of the sick yesterday and she had the apostolic pardon yesterday and she has been desiring this kind of rest for a long time. So these seven species, the two we're gonna focus on is the wheat and barley because these are the grains. These are the wheat and barley. This is what you're gonna have bread with. You're, I'm gonna give you a promised land, says the Lord, where you're gonna eat bread without scarcity in which you're gonna lack nothing. And the first of the first fruits of the ground, you're going to bring it to the Lord and the first fruit is the barley harvest in the spring. Now they didn't have a temple yet. David isn't even going to get to build the temple. His son Solomon will. So all they had right was this Ark of the Covenant that they would carry around. And this was where the true presence of God was. And right now during Ruth, this is resting in Shiloh, where it rested for over 300 years. But remember the curse that Adam got. Listen to this. Because God said to Adam when he cursed him after the fall, he said, you've listened to the voice of your wife. You have eaten from the tree which I commanded you. Now, I used to make a joke like you listen to the voice of your wife, so you're cursed. But what I understood this time, God's not mad that he listened to Eve. God's mad that you didn't listen to me. You didn't hear my word and obey my word, hear and obey. You listened to your wife. You didn't hear me. You didn't obey me, Adam. And because of that, in the sweat of your face, you shall make bread. He's already talking about bread in Genesis chapter 3. Interesting. In the sweat of your face, you'll make bread. And every single country in the world wants wheat. And is only one of three grains that is grown globally. Wheat, maize, and barley are grown, grown all over the world. Rice is the second grain behind wheat, but rice is only grown in Western and Eastern Asia where the conditions are right. So wheat is the most important grain on the face of the earth. It's a staple of food of millions of people. It can be traced back over 10,000 years ago to Southeast Turkey, where they are still harvesting wheat to this day. It's not quite the big production like we have. We're one of the bread baskets of the world in the United States of America, but we still fall behind China and Russia and India. That says China, uh, India, Russia, then the United States. It's a global grain and it's needed all over the world for what? For bread. Okay, so they have two grains in the Holy Land, barley and wheat. They're of the seven species of the land, and they're quite different. They have different genus, different species, but barley grows in places that wheat could never grow. But wheat is a far superior grain. Most of the barley is gonna go to feed animals, but the wheat, the wheat is for human consumption, okay? So the Hebrew spring harvest fest go from barley to wheat. Starts on Passover, starts on Shavuot. Okay, Passover is barley. Barley is ready. It's the first grain. It's what in John's gospel, John says that there were five barley loaves. 
They had till they ate their fill and they gathered up the fragments that none would be lost. The five barley loaves, five is five books of Torah. The barley, the five scrolls of the Torah, the five barley loaves, and these would have been for poor humans. This type of bread would have been at the right at the Passover when the barley's coming, and they would have made barley loaves, especially poor people. Otherwise, it would go for animal consumption. It's not the best bread, but that's what this little boy brought that day. Uh, barley's the first fruit, and that would be day one, and we're gonna count days to day 50, from barley to wheat, okay? So the count begins, and from barley to wheat, from Passover to Pentecost, seven of sevens, seven times seven, 49 plus one. On day 50, it'll be Shavuot. The wheat will be ready. The first fruits of the wheat will be brought to the temple, to the temple of God. So wheat is super big. It's, it's, it's so important to these agricultural people. And so on this day 50, when the first fruit of the wheat was ready, this is when God gives Torah to the people, the first wedding gift. And that's why this Torah is out in the middle of a wheat field. I love that picture. Giving of Torah, Feast of Weeks, Feast of Shavuot, Feast of Pentecost. And they would count from Passover to Shavuot. They would count the days, just waiting for the wheat, just waiting for the wheat, just waiting for the wheat. Counting the Omer, it's called. Have you heard of that? Counting the Omer. They still do it today, but the wheat offering, they would take a wave offering to the priest. So first it was barley, and the priest would wave it around. He'd stand up and wave it to all four directions, and up and down, so six directions. But they're waiting. That's the barley, but they're waiting for the wheat. They're waiting for the wheat. And in 50 days, it would be wheat, the first fruit of wheats. Now, they count those days, 50. Every day, they have a calendar. Every day, we know. It's day 21, it's day 23, it's day 35. We know, we know, we know. We're waiting for day 50, day 50, day 50. And it's in Leviticus 23, that you will count from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of wheat, the sheaf of the wave offering. First, it'll be barley. Then seven full weeks, you'll count 50 days to the morrow of the seventh Sabbath. Then you'll present the new grain to the Lord of the wheat. Okay, stay with me. It's important for Ruth. Stay with me. Okay. You shall bring from your dwelling two loaves of bread to be waved. They're going to be wheat loaves of the finest flour, and they're going to be baked with leaven. It's the only time you could have leavened bread in the temple. And look how the, the, the loaves look. This is different than any loaves you've ever seen. They were told exactly how they had to look. Now, that looks like an altar, doesn't it? With the four horns on the corners. They had to measure seven hands by four hands. Seven, covenant perfection by four, multiple directions, the ordinal directions of the earth. They had to bring the wheat, bread, first fruits for the priest to offer a wave offering. But not only that, they had to bring two lambs, two lambs and two loaves of this special, 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 finest wheat bread. And this was an ordinance that they were to do. It was a statue forever. How long? forever. Are they still doing it? No, they don't have a temple anymore. They're not doing this anymore. These pictures you see are just reenactments, but the Lord said it's to be a statue forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. So this is important when the Lord says that. So there must have been a fulfillment of this. Who could have fulfilled this? Jesus says, don't think I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've not come to abolish them. I have come to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one iota, not one dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Jesus has come to fulfill the law, not to abolish it, not to eliminate it, not to change it in any way, but he's come to fulfill it. So they would take two loaves and two lambs, and they would wave the lambs too. 
and the wheat bread. They take it to the priest, and the priest had to lift the lambs up to the right, to the left, to the east, to the west, to the north, to the south, up, down, to the right, to the left, to the east. They'd wave these around. It's called the wave offering. On day 50, two loaves of bread with leaven, only time ever that leaven was allowed. Two loaves with leaven. Now, think about God's two brides and think about fulfillment. Think about fulfillment. In the old and new, there's two lambs. The old covenant Passover lamb, the blood on the door when they were leaving Egypt, and then the new covenant Passover lamb. There's two lambs. Hmm. When John the Baptist saw Jesus Christ, he said, Behold the lamb! Behold the lamb of God! Behold the one who takes away the sin of the world! John knew it was the lamb. Two lambs are waved. Also two loaves of finest wheat bread are waved. Old covenant bread and new covenant bread. Old covenant daily bread was manna. In the desert, Moses fed them every day. New covenant daily bread is Eucharist. Jesus, the bread of life, the perpetual eternal bread, the finest wheat. On 50, on day 50, the six-way offering, all directions, the wave offering of two loaves of bread and two lambs. Interesting. Listen to the procedure. It was a communal offering, so it had to be done in community. The unground wheat was rubbed and beaten. Have you ever seen someone beat wheat by hand? Okay. Jesus sees himself as wheat. Jesus called himself wheat. In the climax of John's gospel, John 12, Jesus said, unless, or he said, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it will bear much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. He's going to offer his whole life. He's calling himself wheat. And if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there shall my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So, Back in the olden days, the priest would take the wheat and beat it by hand. Jesus is saying he's wheat. It's Passover time. The wheat is being hand rubbed and beaten by the priest. Caiaphas tells him to beat Jesus. He's whipped, he's scourged, he's beaten. He's the wheat. Then they would grind it into fine flour and sift it 12 times. What did Jesus say to Peter, the head of the 12? Simon, Simon, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed to you for the Father so that you would not fail. And you'll come back even stronger and lead the 12. Kneading the dough, it has to be seven by four hand widths. It has to have a horn-like protrusion on each of the four corners. It looks like an altar. The bread is baked to look like an altar, an altar for the Lamb of God. It's amazing. It's uncanny. No one ever talks about this fulfillment. The priest then would carry the two loaves to the altar accompanied by loud trumpets, the waving of the twin loaves of the two living lambs on the eastern side of the altar. Where did water gush out of Jesus? On the eastern side. Where did sinners go all the way through Genesis? After they sinned, they moved further east. The Kohen, the priest, would wave the offering once again after the lamb was slaughtered and dead. They'd do it again in all directions, north, south, east, west, up, down. First living lambs and dead lambs. Hmm. To eat the two Shavuot offerings then, would, the priests would gather together and the priests had to consume every single bite of the bread. They couldn't leave a crumb. Hmm. This is all unique on the festival of Shavuot, Pentecost. Two lambs, old and new fulfillment. Two daily breads, old and new fulfillment. So a 50-day progression from barley to wheat. Now, you guys were not made for barley bread. You were not made for barley bread. You were made for wheat bread. 
the finest wheat bread, because you were made and created in the image and likeness of Almighty God. God created all things, and on day six, he made humans and beasts on the same day. We were made on day six with the beasts, but you are not a beast because God breathed his own breath into us and gave us an eternal soul in his divine image and likeness. God pulled the climax of all creation out of the side of man who was sleeping. Woman is the climax of all creation. She's the very final thing God created. The new woman, the bride, the church, is going to be pulled from the side of the sleeping new Adam on the cross. So seven days God created. On the seventh day he rested and hallowed it and made it holy because he wants us all in total rest, total shalom rest, total communion with him for all eternity. That's God's goal. That's why he created you, to be with him forever. So God wants full communion with all humanity. Yes, you were created on day six, but you were created to be in union with God. You're created for day seven. Man was created on day six with the animals, with the beasts, but man was created for day seven to be in the image and likeness of God Almighty and to rest in him for all eternity in shalom peace. From barley to wheat. You're not created to eat barley bread, the grain of the beast. You were created for wheat bread, and not only wheat bread, but you were created for the finest wheat bread, the bread of angels, the bread from heaven come down. You were created for the finest wheat. Day seven, rest bread in total communion, and we do it communally with God. The gift of finest wheat is day 50 bread, whom all the world cannot contain comes in our human bodies to commune with us. And like our mother Mary, whom all the world cannot contain comes in our bodies to dwell. Amen? Amen! So be it. Christ hides himself in the finest wheat bread known to all the nations, this is universal for all Abraham's children, to restore our dignity as sons and daughters of the Almighty God created in his own image and likeness, to heal us, to bring us back to where we used to be in communion with him in paradise, in paradisio. It's the medicine of immortality. The divine physician himself prescribes it, and he becomes it. He hides himself there, and we are to hear and to obey. I am the bread of life, he says in scripture. Eat my body, drink my blood, for my flesh is true flesh. My blood is true drink. This is the bread which came down from heaven that a man may eat of and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live how long? Forever. And the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is what? is my flesh. Catholics, do you believe in the true presence of God in the Eucharist? That's not what the Pew report found. Bread blessed, bread broken, bread shared communally, just like on the road to Emmaus. They wanted him to come in. It's getting late. Come in, come in. They've been talking about scripture the whole walk. They don't know who it is. He sits down at a table with them. He took the bread. He blessed it. He broke it, and he gave it to them. Bread blessed, bread broken, bread shared communally. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished out of their sight. There he's gone. And we say, what? And we don't stop and think about that passage. Why does he disappear? Poof, he's gone. He was supposed to stay with them all night. It was getting late. He was supposed to spend the night there in Emmaus. He does stay with them. They just consumed him in the Eucharist. Get it? He does. 
in the consecration of the bread that he consecrated he put himself in the bread and he stays with them and they said to each other did not our hearts burn within us when we talked to him on the road and when he opened up the scriptures to us they just had mass with the risen lord they just had mass they still have him within their bodies they are communing with the entire trinity now by the power of the holy spirit the true presence of god was in the bread he hid himself there it was their first holy communion they had the liturgy of the word and then they had the liturgy of the eucharist they had the liturgy of the word on the road when they were talking scripture all the fulfillments of the prophets it was the first recorded mass from 4 to 6 p.m on sunday the 17th day of nisan in the 33rd day of our lord it was the first mass it was the liturgy of the eucharist their first holy communion he doesn't need to stay physically present because he stays spiritually present in the bread and inside them now now the mayo clinic says that once you eat something it takes about 36 hours for the food to move through the entire colon daily communicants always have jesus in their body you overlap by 12 hours the 36 hours of the digestive process this is the best kept secret in all the world if you go to mass daily you always have jesus in you padre pio knew that it's one of his five secrets it's one of Jesus things that Jesus told us to pray for give us this day our daily bread so we would have him with us always just like old Moses they needed the daily bread the manna they had to pick it up every day every day to sustain them on their journey to the promised land we too need our daily bread to sustain us on our journey back home to the promised land to heaven to paradiso so there's a type and the greater is always the anti-type the manna, the antitype, the greater type is Jesus in the Eucharist, the new Moses. One is like barley, the other is like the finest wheat from Passover to Pentecost. I am the bread of life. The bread which I give shall be for the life of the world and it is my flesh, body, blood, soul, and divinity. So the new Adam, it breaks the curse. In the sweat of your face, you shall work for bread, not anymore when jesus blood drips down the skull of adam is under the cross it frees adam of all the curses the new adam has reversed everything the blood of jesus the new adam uncurses the cursed ground and uncurses the curse of working for bread there's free bread again the new adam hides himself in the bread it's free bread for the life of the world isaiah predicted it why do you spend your money for that which is not bread why do you labor for that which does not satisfy only jesus will satisfy us free bread that satisfies for every tribe every nation universally tribe and tongue all who hear god's word and do what obey it so the first fruit of the wheat harvest day 50 the disciples 120 of them are gathered in the upper room a new priesthood is there they, and it says in Acts 2 that they had fellowship in the breaking of the bread. That's the Eucharist, communion in a communal way, and the prayers. That would have been the Mass. They again offered Mass. It was a new covenant. There was a new bride pulled from the side of a new Adam. It was the wedding feast of the Lamb of God. And it's why our little first communicants go up like brides and grooms. This is their first holy communion with Jesus. Happy are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb, the bride who receives the Holy Spirit and the gift of finest wheat, Jesus himself hidden, for a full communion with God, what the bride, what we were all created for. That was part one of the book of Ruth, chapters two through four. 
on Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran. To learn more about Seeking Truth Bible Studies, visit SeekingTruth.net. Tune in next time for more Seeking Truth with Sharon Doran.